morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, Alex here over at the YBR Remo Show, one of your hosts, and I'm excited today to present a very electric guest, Amanda Vanderlee from How to Host joins us. If you haven't heard of Amanda yet, you will definitely soon. She's a firecracker. She's got lots to stay and got tons of knowledge about short-term rentals, how to set them up, how to maintain them, uh, and so much more. So whether you're interested in short-term rentals or not, Airbnb, it's something I think you should know whether uh, if you're thinking about adding it to your portfolio or just maybe wondering about dabbling into it. So again, you're going to love the episode. I know it to be true. She was awesome to talk to and uh, a lot of fun to have come on. Uh, Make sure to check out the show notes afterwards for Amanda's contact information. She's readily available on her website and on Instagram as well. Guys, welcome back again to the YBR Remo show with myself, Derek Williamson, Dean Lawton. I'm Alex McFadden. We are also the partners and owners of Thrive Mortgage Co. And you know what? Really excited because we were, uh, we found out we were the number one team in all of Canada under the Dominion Lending, Dominion Lending Centers Group brand, which is massive because that's the number one brand in the country. So uh, we want to thank all of our listeners and all of our amazing clients for continuing to support us while we support you with your biggest financial decisions. And if you want to find out about more about working with us, check us out on Instagram at Thrive Mortgage Co. or our website, thrivemortgage.ca, and fill out a form if you'd like us to reach out. That's enough of that. Let's get into the good stuff. Uh, and by the way, if you're loving this show, before I get in, make sure to leave us a five-star re- a review on iTunes and uh, send us a message. Let us, know, let us know what you did so we can send you a little goodie. Thanks again, guys. Hope you enjoy the episode. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. We have today on the show Amanda Vanderlee. Amanda is from, well, I don't know if you're from, but you live in Kelowna, BC. Uh, we'll, we'll get to where you're from in a minute or two here. I'm excited to talk about that. And um, we're, I'm excited to have Amanda on the show. We connected maybe about a month ago and uh, was introduced to her by a real estate agent actually in the city of Kelowna because I was looking for someone uh, to help educate us and our clients on you know, what they're seeing on the ground floor when it comes to short-term rentals and opportunities. Amanda, we'll talk a little bit more about your business and we would have already done an intro now, so we'll get right on into it. Uh, nice to see you. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. In a nutshell, maybe just give us like your quick little overview of what How to Host is and more importantly, how you fell into what you're doing right now. How to Host is, I would say, short-term rental property management with a twist. So we do all of the Airbnb management, checking guests in, out, looking after the maintenance of all of these properties. Um, But then we also do a lot of the interior design for our units. So we come in, we theme the space, design it beautifully so that it's very attractive for booking guests and uh, down to the toilet paper, Um, having a completely hands-free business for our owners. And then we manage it. One of the reasons that it's so interesting and so appealing is that, you know, Airbnb may have been already around now for 10 plus years, but, you know, particularly in Canada, it's never or it hasn't been uh, an industry that people have really capitalized on and or taken the opportunity to formalize uh, like the hotel space. It was always kind of do it yourself, 
you know, basically homeowners renting out their properties short term, that sort of thing. And and you obviously realized that there was a gap there, an opportunity to do things a little bit more professionally. Maybe can you speak a little bit to the importance of what you do and, and why why you think there's an opportunity for this type of a business right now? It just seems like everybody is wanting to get into this industry right now. And a lot of people are wanting to stay out of hotels and they're wanting a more personal space and they're wanting to stay in a home or in an apartment with a kitchen or somewhere where they can be with their families or large groups. Having Airbnbs has really opened up that space to people where you're able to travel and be with the people that you're traveling with versus having all of these tiny little rooms that are all separated with no really true experience or privacy for that matter. You know, if you rent a house with a pool, with 10 friends it's you your 10 friends that house in that pool whereas if you're staying at a hotel you know it's a, a free-for-all so um yeah I, i'd say that's why it's taking off and then along with different areas like Kelowna, for example that's being discovered right now um i feel like five years ago the market here for airbnb almost i mean it existed but it's no nothing like what it is today and uh just the way the world's going and the economy and and we're booming and i feel like Kelowna was dis has been discovered as such a, a great travel spot and uh, now we're we're really seeing the market grow here one thing you mentioned and i think it's completely underestimated is just the fact that you do go in and you do stage and, and set those apartments up uh, i've personally owned and operated a an airbnb in the city here and it that that project to set up that unit and furnish it it was a lot of work and it, i completely underestimated that uh, maybe you can just elaborate like how much of that do you do do you literally come in set up the furniture and do everything so it is turnkey that part of the business was kind of just a love it was something that that i thought how cool would it be if we did this too and to be honest with you i completely underestimated the the workload as well because when i first set up my own listing you can kind of pick away at it you know and you're building and growing but when we come in, we have lists and inspections and audits and everything that has to be done um, to a T. And yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. So we come in and we're only designing uh, properties that we manage now because the design is becoming so popular. We come in and do the whole, the staging, the furnishing, you know, every carpet, feature walls, rugs, uh, all of it, sourcing. Um, and set it all up and yeah it is a ton of work but um we're in the midst right now of developing a design menu which i think we're going to touch on in a little bit but uh it's pretty cool because we're just giving our owners the opportunity to see all the different themes that we can come up with. What would you like? How do we streamline your style and what you're looking for in your rental property? And let's create that space. I just want to dig deeper into the the origins of this uh of this and how it went from, you know, maybe basically just operating one or two to design to all these different things like how is this coming about like is there is there maybe a bit of a story or a process to that so i was an insurance broker for about 11 years i was turning 30 and i was like i can't do the same thing for 11 more years you know i got to change it up getting out of my 20s here so i got my mortgage broker's license and i kind of figured they were similar but different and i felt there was more of an opportunity in the mortgage uh, industry for me but I had to prepare for a gap in income, right? I had all this house, car, bills that I had this uh, insurance income that could pay for that. And in mortgages, I, I wasn't going to make any money for a couple of years. So I moved into the basement suite of my house and I Airbnb the top two floors. Um, that was the start of it all. I had bought the house, done the design upstairs, and people loved it. So I got so many positive reviews from it, and I just started loving it. The income was amazing. And then Airbnb reached out to me and uh, 
because we'd had such great feedback from the property, they wanted to make it Kelowna's first Airbnb plus listing. So that is like the, you know, your five-star rated, um, guaranteed five-star stay. So they call it a plus. So of course I was like, yes, absolutely. So they came in, they audited the space. Uh, they made it the first Airbnb plus listing in Kelowna. You get that special badge. And then I was just like, how cool would it be if I just did this for a living, you know, design these properties and manage. And it was just something I talked about. I never really did. And I didn't fall for mortgages and uh, had a bit of a heartbreak and decided I was going to come home and change everything I was doing and uh, go full speed ahead with this business. And we're just about two years later. And here we are. Interesting to hear about the background in insurance and and even just a, even a minor uh, background in the uh, the mortgage side. So I think that must help you when it comes to your day to day operating the business, knowing you know what types of challenges that people are dealing with, both from the insurance side and obviously the the lending side, and maybe even from the real estate side. Would you would you say that kind of gives you I don't know about a leg up, but helps you out a lot in your day to day? A hundred percent. Just the familiarity of the process of all of these things, and of course having the connections in the industry, um, as far as you know who's the best at, at doing all of these things for my clients, right? So yeah, absolutely, it's been a huge help. What I always like to know is surprises, like things that shocked you or surprised you or the things that maybe people don't think about. And, and you know, particularly, we have a lot of people who reach out to us and they ask us about buying a property and then short-term renting it or we're going directly to be a short-term rental. I know Dean uh, owns one, so he could probably chime in here later and talk about that. But for now, I'd love to hear from your side you're dealing with hundreds and hundreds of people like what is the most common thing that you find that surprises people first and foremost when they get started i think just the amount of work that it takes to actually get everything set up and get things going because we have such a, a structured system now and i i think if you don't have that it's very overwhelming when you come into this business and it's like holy, I got to do this and I got to do that. And then it's messaging guests all day. And then, you know, God forbid you run into a problem. Like, I feel like I am in execution mode all day, every single day. And the level of problem solving that this business takes is constant. Um, I like to say, like, there's two things in the world that a lot of things go wrong with, and that's people and homes. And we're literally dealing with all of them or both of them, right? So there's just so much that can happen. Um, and I, I think that for for people getting into the business and for myself as a new business owner was the biggest surprise of like holy this is like things can get pretty crazy pretty fast i mean i can comment on that like one like i mentioned the setting up side of things would just blew me away and then just the other night i i find out my property manager i now have a manager managing that unit i find out the buzzer wasn't working at 1 a.m so he was driving to the unit at 1 a.m to let the clients go into the property it's like for me as a as an owner one i don't enjoy setting up a, a unit like that's just not my mo and that was very tedious and then to manage that ongoing client that's just something i would never enjoy doing so the fact that you built this you know turnkey hands-off business for an owner is is huge like now for me knowing that these like people like yourself actually exist i would now consider buying another one where at the time i was like i'll never do this again like this is not for me right it is a very time consuming process and it's so detailed and if you want the good reviews which is how your whole business is going to take off if you don't have good reviews you're not going to have a good business you know it really has to be well structured yeah talk about that for a quick second there because it, it, i find that you know, I've stayed in Airbnbs before all over the world, actually, in different countries and different cities and so forth. And it was really interesting to kind of see the different approaches that people would take to running them. But the consistency 
Um, and, and honestly, no difference than our, no different than our business is uh, reviews and positive feedback and so forth. But it, what was interesting to me was before you even showed up in some cases, it would like have a statement there saying like, hey, uh, I don't know. They were basically asking for a review before you got there, more or less, right? Which not a bad thing in my opinion. It was just an interesting approach from a Airbnb versus like going into a hotel. Um, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all, but it was just interesting. So like, like I'd be just be curious from her perspective, what is the impact of these reviews on a business? It's huge. It's huge because you've got two, you've got two sets of people looking at your reviews. So you've got the guest and they're booking, they see the space, they're looking at the reviews. They want to know what's good about the, the property. What do people like about the area, all that sort of stuff. But then you also have your owners, right? So your owners are really curious as to how the business is operating and they're looking at the reservations online and they're looking at the reviews. So you've kind of got, you know, two avenues that you're speaking to with them. And it's so important that the property is dialed in. I'm um, speaking, Dean, to your um, situation that you had with your property manager one o'clock in the morning. Uh, that just happened to me last night. A, a fob wasn't working and the garage door wouldn't open. So 9.30, I had to peel out of my house, go let these people in. But it's like, that affects your reviews because they ask you about the check-in process and sometimes it is completely out of our control you know an elevator's down or uh, a door won't open or, or just something happens and it affects us and you, you get that four star and it affects the whole whole rating which then essentially affects your whole business because our reviews are um they're kind of as a whole for myself so all of my property reviews would show up under my profile right so one bad property affects my whole portfolio. It's really interesting to hear that feedback. Obviously, we run a business, you know what we do uh, on the lending side here. And yeah, I mean, and when there's third parties that you have no control over, the impact is is phenomenal. For example, on our side, you know, we have to table uh, uh, temper expectations around timelines from five different parties, the lawyer, the lender, uh, you know, the realtor. And, you know, nine out of 10 times, we have zero control over the lender taking 15 days to respond to something or the real estate agent not giving you a document for 10 days, you know what I mean? Uh, and so how you how you answer that is obviously and how you deal with that is the most important thing. So I mean, I, I don't want to stay take on that or stay on that for too long. But I think that's an important tidbit for people to take out of this. You know, if you are thinking about running a short term rental or Airbnb, consider that uh, that fact alone, the importance of the impact that you put on your guests and and getting the people who are happy to leave those positive reviews because that's fuel for the fire from what Amanda's saying right here, which is awesome. Talk a little bit about so let's talk about the actual acquiring uh, an investment property. You, you had mentioned before there were some surprises that uh, people had when it came to just getting started. And you, you said the lot, amount of work, but what about financially speaking? What are the kind of barriers that you're seeing there? I always recommend to people, I, I, I'm very, very transparent with people and in that I don't want someone to overextend themselves on their mortgage, for example, uh, in this industry, especially right now, because things are so touch and go. And, you know, I started my business right before COVID hit. And it's amazing because it's like, we never really know what's going to happen. And there's been a lot of income that's been lost over the last couple of years in the short term rental industry. So what I always tell people is like, make sure that you can qualify on your mortgage uh, with the long term rental income. And and the Airbnb should just be a plus. Uh, that should just be an extra. And I, I feel like um, people go, they focus too much on, on the Airbnb income where you need to protect yourself and you need to make sure that you're able to pay those bills if something strange were to happen in the world because that's just the world that we're living in. Did you start this pre-pandemic? I started, I incorporated my business on March the 4th of 2020 without a single property. And I think we got shut down like 
seven or 10 days later. So I put everything into this, built the whole thing, launched it, and then just boom, gone. And I think we reopened June of that year. Uh, so that was the first time we kind of started operating. But obviously it worked out. So we're here today and we're doing well, we're booming. So everything looks yeah. good. But I mean, I'd love to know, I mean, I guess you didn't have any uh, properties under under your management at that time. Were you hearing any rumblings? Was there a lot of concern in the air? I mean, I guess maybe, did you have any experience with what people were doing during those timelines to mitigate that? I had my own property, so it was more just it was my my own property is what started this, right? So it was it was more just people coming for longer stays, or there was just no one there, and there really wasn't much you could do. You could flip your house onto the long term market, but people didn't really want to do that because high season was coming, right? So there wasn't a ton you could do. It was kind of just sit and wait and see what's going on. But we're coming out of it. I mean, let's let's talk to um, your your location, your area. You're, you're located in the Okanagan um, right now. I know there's some expansion plans, so we could touch on that a little bit here. So uh, specifically in Kelowna, which is a bit of a hotbed when it comes to short-term rentals, a, very much a vacation city for a long time, although that's changing. And uh, there's been a lot of changes and updates regarding legislation, where you can do short-term, where you can't, where you can rent. What is the outlook right now in Kona? Like how big is Airbnb? Is it growing? Is it shrinking? What's going on there? It is growing phenomenally. So we do have very strict rules and bylaws here regarding uh, short-term rentals. So spe specifically speaking to apartments or condos, they actually have to be um, for that specific use. So bylaws have to allow that uh, by the city and by the strata. So the bylaws have to match that you're allowed to use the property for short-term rental use. So I think we've got about five or six buildings right downtown right now. I've got a list of them, but then we have other buildings coming up. So Brooklyn is just about ready. Aqua is being built. Um, and a lot of these buildings are Airbnb allowed. So the city is preparing for expansion and tourism, and I believe trying to accommodate and allowing the short-term rentals in these buildings. Um, but with, with, for example, single family homes, it's very difficult to rent these out on a short-term basis because there are um, so many restrictions and bylaws. Basically, if you have a home, um, a house, I should say, you can only rent it out for four months of the year as a short-term rental, and it has to be your principal residence for eight months of the year. So you have to be living there for eight, you can rent it for four and capitalize. So that's what a lot of people are doing. Um, but in no way, shape or form, can you rent out a single family home on the short-term market year round. With all these bylaws, I, I wonder, does it restrict like a big company coming in and buying multiple units and almost building like this big portfolio and operation? Because that, I just spent a, a week in Arizona and that's exactly what we're seeing down there. It's like these massive companies own 20, 100 properties and they're just, it's like a hotel business. And I didn't, I don't see that here. And I would assume these types of restrictions keep that away. That is exactly what they're doing. They're trying to, to eliminate that. Exactly. Um, and they're also trying to maintain the, the long-term market, right? Because the long-term market here is really strong and it's difficult to find a place to live, particularly single family homes uh, for people that need to rent on a monthly basis. So they're trying to protect that market as well. Uh, whether I agree with that or not, I guess is, is a, another, um, another thing in itself. But yeah, it's, it's just all about making it work for everyone and make sh making sure that the rental market is available for short-term, long-term, and everyone's taken care of. So we have restrictions. <laughs> Let's get into some numbers here. That's some fun stuff. Everybody likes to know specifics and everybody wants to know. Now, I'll preface for you because I know that you mentioned that you're working on setting up some new performas and some new 
uh, numbers to get dig deep on the specifics of, of it. But I think people always want to know what what is the potential return relative to what a property value is, or what you know what what are some general numbers that we can use as guidelines. So again, uh, folks that you're listening right now, we're talking particularly right now about clone on the Okanagan. Uh, obviously, maybe Amanda, if you have some experience, you could touch a little bit on some other areas or locations. But uh, you know, why don't we walk through just kind of some average numbers, um, and of course, uh, in condos, maybe houses, and and if you have any idea what someone's actual net is that they're returning with their mortgage, would love to hear any feedback that you could share. The financial market in this, it's it's crazy how much it's grown, really. Um, so just for a little bit of insight here, like when I first listed my property four years ago, we were 475 a night. It's a four-bedroom home, 475 a night plus taxes and fees. And I thought that was incredible. Uh, we're at $1,000 a night now plus taxes and fees for the same home. So the market has just increased so much, obviously, because you know, the desire to come to Kelowna has increased so much. Um, for one bed, one bath, very well designed units, we're seeing in the summer times about 400 a night plus taxes and fees. Um, two bed, two baths, you're looking about the 550 to 700 mark. If there's amenities, we could go up from there. Where I see a lot of really great income, houses with pools. So you get a basic house with a pool that isn't even, you know, super modern or it's well renovated but it's a little bit dated you could be getting 1500 a night plus your taxes and fees on top of that uh in the high season so we're talking june july august um step into that luxury world and oh my goodness the, we've got some properties listed for between 3500 and 6000 dollars a night right now it is absolutely wild yeah and this is plus all taxes and fees so um Shoulder seasons, you're going to go down to about half those prices, um, half those nightly rates. And then in the winter times, you know, for example, a two bed, two bath goes between 550, 700 in the summer. It could drop all the way down to like 120, let's say in the winter time where you're just kind of covering your expenses. Based on those numbers that you shared and kind of like talking about the seasonality of a, a city like Kelowna and surrounding areas in the summer and so forth. Have you seen or have you had the opportunity to see what someone who's purchasing a property in today or, or last year's market with a mortgage at, let's say, 80% of the property value? Do you have any idea what these people are returning in terms of cash flow or cash on cash, what that looks like? Yeah. So for condos, I'm seeing, you know, if, if we're one bed, going from a scale of one bed to two beds, you're all the way from, let's say, 35,000 net all the way up to like 75,000 net. Um, the houses with the pools or just the basic homes are easily returning over a hundred thousand and our luxury homes are easily netting a couple hundred plus in the summer. The numbers behind, there's a lot of people who are going to be interested about this. And you've said this many times and even on the show right now about the fact that, you know, the, the numbers aren't guaranteed. They can go up or down. There's seasonality. Uh, you mentioned reviews. There's more competition coming into place. Looking forward, you know, in the next one to three years, what do you think about, I guess, the future projections for, I guess, Airbnb in a city like Kelowna or otherwise? Do you, do you feel like uh, there's going to be different things that are going to happen, new trends, price points? Will the cost increase? Will we be seeing those types of profits? What are your thoughts on that? I feel like we are on the up and up and I don't think it's stopping. Um, I have a lot of clients that are even nervous because there's so many new buildings coming up with new units and I'm like, don't be nervous. We need it. We are fully booked every summer with no spaces to give people like we need these these additional um, rooms and spaces to rent out. So I really feel like we are just going to keep going on a, an upward path. So 
it's very exciting, but I also feel like real estate is going to keep going on an upward path. So the expense to purchase, of course, is going to be more expensive. One thing from a performance standpoint, like you got to factor in all costs and, and management is such a huge time saver. So to have your service manage this for me is massive time saver, of course, but there's a cost to that. Is that something you're, you're willing to share of like what your average cost would be or, or what is the average industry cost? Because I know there's a lot more work involved in short-term rental management than long-term uh, management. We're a flat fee percentage for the management. Um, and depending on what the property makes and how much work it's going to be for us, are we contracting out pool, hot tub maintenance, yard maintenance, you know, how big is the property? How long are we going to rent it out for? Um, our condos downtown are a flat 25% because they typically go year round. Uh, and they're, they're simple. We're right here in the location and, you know, they're all kind of in the same buildings. Um, luxury homes, again, depending on length of time and, and what's involved or just homes in general, between 25 and 35% of the gross revenue. Mena, walk us through what someone needs to think about and what experience they would be having if they're thinking about reaching out to a company like yours. Like, just, just step by step if you can. You want to look into the business licensing process. And I honestly just cannot stress enough how important that is. And I've learned myself as a business owner that we're actually not even getting involved until people have their business license because there's so often times where they're rejected or something an owner doesn't want to do, like decommissioning a basement suite. So that's the first thing we look at. Um, then we look at insuring the property. Is the property or the owner able to obtain proper insurance for Airbnb short-term rentals? Uh, because sometimes if there's a pool or, or whatever, there can just be so many things that come up. Um, then, you know, if we're going to be furnishing the space, we need to get on that right away and, and come up with a design plan and draft that because furniture is everything's on special order right now and everything is taking forever to reach us. So We've actually, um, in preparation for the season to come, rented multiple storage units, and we're just ordering furniture for people, coming up with a design plan, ordering furniture, and stocking it until um, the listings are are open and we have access to the properties. Um, so coming up with that, and then it's get in there, get the kitchen set up, um, get all of our safety audits done, knowing, mapping out the entire property, where is everything, where are all the safety features, um, you have to come up with a fire safety plan, a parking plan, all of that's part of the licensing process. Um, and that's kind of the, the nitty gritty of it. And then we would come in, we'd set it up, we'd do the photography, videography, if that's applicable, uh, get it up and listed and integrated into all of our platforms. So we're VRBO, HomeAway, Airbnb, of course, we have a private booking site that I'm working on. And all of that kind of takes time to integrate. Um, and then we list it and wait for the bookings to come in. There's so many people who are just like, okay, what, what do I do? Where do I start? Where do I start? And I think in, an, in a, a two minute blurb, you gave people like, just rewind, listen back to that again. Amanda's going to, you know, talk you through that. Um, and of course, you know, if you're thinking about getting a, a booking in the Okanagan area, we suggest to speak to uh, Amanda at How to Host and her, her team there, and they'll, they'll, they'll walk you through that and, and give you a run through. Um, let, let's, let's talk about, I mean, I want to know where does Airbnb not make sense anymore? I mean, you did mention... Um, you know, properties and houses where there could be some legislation issues and so forth. But like, there's got to be places where maybe not anymore, but like, like ah, I don't see it making sense in this type of property or this type of situation, even if it's something that you can change, where are you seeing these things just kind of maybe not be the best scenario? Definitely. If, if it's not licensable, for sure. That's just an absolute no go for me. Now we were uh, taking on anything, you know, when I first started, because you want to make that income. But now I'm just like, it's not worth it. You're going to get shut down. And then you just have to look at the area that you're in. So you can have this phenomenal property, but it's in a location that nobody really travels to. So 
you're not even going to be able to make your money off of the stay because it's just not, it's not a desirable area. So I think it's just knowing the market, knowing the demographic that travels to that market and doing, you know, if you're going to list and, and manage yourself, doing the market research and getting on Airbnb and seeing, comparing, pick a property, go online and do the work, compare all of the, the similar properties, see what they're getting. Um, there's a phenomenal tool called AirDNA. It's, it's really great. It gives you a really good idea. Um, of what your property can make. And it also shows you the comparables around you. Um, so that's a great start too. And and that will really tell you, do you have a great market to list your property in? Or is it really just not a feasible thing for you and you should go long-term? What was that again? Air DNA? Air DNA. Yeah. So I would say it's it's a, a great tool. It's, it is accurate. It's a little bit low, I would say, for our jurisdiction. But it was how I started. So when I started uh, figuring out all of the pricing for our units, um, you have to start from scratch. So I went on AirDNA, got the basic idea of the comparable units around me. And then I went on Airbnb and I compared the design, the setup, you know, all of that sort of stuff, the reviews and, and compiled all of that information. One thing I noticed, like in, in my particular unit, I'm in, I'm in downtown Vancouver and I found that pictures were everything like, and that surprised me. And then also the fact that you're a super host, like I'm as an individual owner, you're just a, a regular schmo, I guess you could say. And, and people guests that are educated on Airbnb, they look for super hosts. They look for these things. They look for that, those special pictures with like, you know, a popping color of some sort. Like, is that stuff that you take seriously as part of your, your onboarding process? Oh, it's huge. And I should have touched on that. The photography is such a big deal. I mean, you compare iPhone photos to the photographers that we use. And I feel like we work with some of the best photographers. We're very lucky, but it's like, you want people to feel like they're in the space, right? So you need a combination of shots. You need uh, the landscape, the portrait. You, you also need detailed shots of, you know, the decor around the home and, and um, the exterior, the interior, all of it. So it's like people can really put themselves in the home. Um, you see so many listings online and they have terrible pictures and, they just don't get as much, make as much money or get an, a, as much attention. Totally. And e even just like from a side of being a super host, like, do you find that that's a big deal? Like as a guest, like, is, is that, am I right saying that like, that is what the, the traditional guest is looking for? Absolutely. Uh, you can even filter out any listing that isn't managed by a super host. So it's extremely important. It's that's when you're getting your five-star ratings, right? That's how you become a super host. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so true. I mean, there's nothing worse than getting to you as a guest, getting to a unit that there's an issue, right? And at least you can mitigate that with a super host status. Or nice. if there's an issue, you know, having a host that is able to solve that problem very quickly right. because right. problems always come up. So it's it's how you handle the situation is what I always say. Like, how quickly are you able to solve that problem? Yeah, good point. So, so this, yeah, that's good. I like the little hacks here. So let's talk a little bit about uh, opportunities going forward here. You put together a couple, a list of some different types of opportunities that maybe we haven't th thought about on our end or, or heard of. Um, I, I won't talk about them too much, but maybe you could share with us where you're seeing things trend, either in the type of Airbnb or area or location. What are you thinking? What are you seeing out there, Amanda? Well, what I put on my list is more kind of like dreams and aspirations, especially from the design side of things. Like, I feel like it would be so cool to a lot of people are opening up like boutique hotels or you see in the States, uh, people are renovating churches and turning them into these Airbnb experiences that are just so beautifully designed and such an experience for the booking guest. Um, so 
opportunities there. And then as well for us um, expanding internationally, we just launched our first international listing. So that's a whole new um whole new way of thinking almost for me as a, as a business owner, because it just comes with a whole, um, whole other pile of, of everything for lack of better words. But yeah, so there, I mean, there's opportunity everywhere and uh, we're trying to capitalize on all of it. So when you mentioned expanding into the U S what does that look like for you? Would you just be hiring a team down there or would, would you be spending your time? Like, cause I just curious, cause it is so much work, right. To, to manage these properties. It's crazy. So I actually, what's in Miami is our first listing. And I actually went there to kind of set up the space, get to know the area. But what I'm more trying to develop now is a little bit of a uh, a more hands-free approach for us as a business and have a more communications-based business. It's almost going to be like two sides. You know, there could be how to host where we're here and then maybe host it or something like that, where we're a communication-based platform. Um, and then we would hire assistants in that area to help us manage the property, clean it, maintain it, all of that sort of stuff. So it is a little bit nerve wracking because for me, like I've built this business being here, being able to be everywhere at any point, at any point in time. Right. So it's a, it's a totally different ball game, but uh, yeah, it's very interesting and it's going well. So see what happens. Starts with one, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I like hearing about all of these different ideas and and, uh, locations and places and the the expansion of your business is really cool. Um, You know, one of the ways that uh, I know that you're really active in sharing sharing with people what's going on is on your uh, social media, on your Instagram. Uh, we, I think got along really well because we have a mutual love, uh, for our animals, our dogs. (laughs) So if you like, if you like being spammed by pugs, you like me, Frenchies, Amanda, they're all squishy faced dogs. We like them all. I know, uh, Dean here has got a combination of a multiple squishy faced animals. Uh, so yeah, we're, (laughs) but there's more to it than that. I I've noticed that you've shared your, uh, your documenting basically your day to day as far as, you know, what's going on in some of the new units and some suggestions. And so if you have any interest in checking that out, you definitely want to go check out uh, Amanda. Amanda, we'll definitely make sure to tag you in the show notes as far as your social media. But throw it out there. What's your hashtag or what's your uh, your account and any other accounts you want people to go follow? Yeah, it's just it's how.to.host. Well, Amanda's a wealth of information. Uh, one thing we've known to be true is that in our month of uh, connecting and working together, you've shown no um, lack of desire to, to help and support. Although a crazy time, we understand and appreciate all the work that you've done to get the information over to us. And I can imagine that after this episode comes out, you'll probably have some people reaching out to you to find out a little bit more about what they can do and, and, and so forth. Uh, you know, I'd love to know from your perspective, we like to keep this drive time. So we definitely don't want to uh, spill all the, bean, the beans and we're probably going to have you come back for a future episode. But is there anything that you think, you know, you'd want to put out there to the world before uh, about yeah, essentially what we've talked about today, something we missed, something we didn't touch on? Jeez, I, I feel like we, we covered so much. Um, but I mean, I guess what everyone should know is that if you are looking to get into the market, that the time is now because things are just, uh, I mean, you're seeing there's not a lot available. So when they come available, you've got to scoop these places up and and the income potential is huge. So, uh, you know, touching on that, I guess, would be great for people to know. And if they need want to give us a call and um, we're very, very open to helping people with choosing the proper piece of real estate. So absolutely uh, reach out at any point in time with any questions. People have a ton of questions about this business. It's uh, kind of a new and gray space, I think, for everyone. So we're here to help. Yeah, no doubt. You know, in addition to that, from a lending perspective, there's a lot of considerations if you're looking to try and buy short-term rentals and a lot of conversations that need to be had. So, uh, you know, folks, you need to be listening and talking to folks like uh, Amanda here. 
uh, and ourselves if you're looking to make this a reality. Of course, make sure to reach out to her as she mentioned on her Instagram and uh, at website will be on the show notes. Thank you so much, Amanda, for joining us. Really appreciate you hopping on today. And um, again, excited to continue to work together going forward.